If you can push the devil an inch, you can push him a mile. Just might be one inch at a time. Let's do this. Welcome to Equip to Stand with Sherry Yates. Today, we're going to talk about encouraging yourself in the Lord from examples with David. He did this in 1 Samuel and throughout his entire life. I picked this today because I am encouraging myself. Some friends of ours came in from Colorado. We go to a summer family camp every summer, and this year we weren't able to go. They live in Ohio, and they said, hey, can we come by and see you guys on the way? And I'm like, on the way? (laughs) That's a little bit out of your way, but they said, no, we want to come see you. The husband, Daniel, he just said, hey, I was praying over my kid, and I was just steadfast and I was going to stay there until it was finished. And he said that he was reminded of a time that a speaker that we love um, said, if you can take the ground an inch at a time, you still win. So if you can push the devil an inch, you can push him a mile. And I just, you know, he said, listen, stand firm. Just keep taking an inch at a time. Do not give up. And it's not like you know, when you shrink back, you're losing territory. When you're standing firm, you know, nothing is going to make you go backwards. And so just keep pressing forward in faith. It doesn't mean, you know, work harder or whatever, but it does mean, you know, take your thoughts captive and stop agreeing with what in the world is going on. And I needed that word in that moment. I'm so thankful they took the time to come out of their way And for him to say that, because I recognized in myself that I was being moved by what I saw. And the truth is, is that I see good things and I see bad things. And so I'm done with that. I don't know about you guys, but maybe there's something that you need to be done with. Maybe there's a way you need to encourage yourself. So that's what I'm going to do today. We're going to talk about how to encourage ourselves. And we'll start with David. I know I've talked about this before, but he was running from Saul for his life. And at the very end, when he was so close to breakthrough, but he didn't know it, he came to his hometown with 600 of his men and they had lost everything, their wives, their children, all their belongings, everything, everything was gone, completely wiped out. These men wept and wept and wept, but the more they wept, the angrier they got and You can see in the emotions, it's like the emotional trajectory that the world says. It's like first you have um, that you haven't accepted it. You're in denial. You're sad. And then you go to angry and then you go to acceptance. So there's all these stages of grief and the men were in them and in their stage of grief in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, it says, in David greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. I love that. So point number one is pray in the spirit. That will encourage you. So Jude 120 says, but you dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, Jude only has one chapter, so I don't really know why I said Jude (laughs) one. That's pretty great. So, um, we learned that praying in the Holy spirit builds us up, strengthens our faith. Guys, if you want your faith strengthened, this is key. It's really keeping your mind continually on the Lord. Um, 
It connects us to God and his power and our heavenly father is for us and not against us and just reminds us all day long through prayer. We pour out our hearts. We seek guidance. We find peace in God's presence and it just keeps our mind stayed on him. You know, um, Isaiah 26 verse three says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We keep our mind stayed on God because we trust in him. I have repented for saying like, Lord, I haven't kept my mind steadfast on you. Um, help me just help me Lord. So number two, surround yourself with faithful friends. Oh my goodness. This is so key in Exodus 17, 12 says when Moses hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and set it on him. Aaron and her held up his hands one on one side and one on the other so that his hands remain steady till sunset. I mean, what a hard job. Holding up your own hands is hard enough, but holding up someone else's, like, you know, you're probably thinking, I like to check my social media. What's going on? I've got FOMO. What am I missing out on? You know, but they were going to lose a battle if they didn't do this. And the friends knew that everyone in the community would be impacted. So they sacrificed for each other. Wow, in this season, I have learned that I'm not a good arm holder upper, and I want to do that differently with the rest of my life. So um, surround yourself with friends. Find friends. Find them now before you're in the battle. Make sure you have people in your life who are going to be arm holders. You need to make sure that you have this community. Get in a life group. Find your people. Find your people. And make sure they're faithful people. There's one thing to minister to people who need you or people who are lost. And there's another thing to have a close knit circle of people who are sold out Jesus freaks, followers of Christ who give their life and lay down their life every day for him. Like they put him first because they love him. Those are people you can count on. I cannot count the number of friends that I have like that in my life. And honestly, before I wasn't really sure, but in a crisis, you find out you find out who your true friends are. So they are a tremendous source of encouragement. They lift me up. They challenge me. I've had a lot of challenging friends, guys. They should challenge you. They should say, hey, lift your head. Take your imagination. See your husband well. See your life restored. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that God can do the more, more than we can think, ask, or imagine but you have to imagine God moving in your life. You have to put yourself in the future where everything is restored because God is going to work through that. But you put it there and then you put your prayers there and you say, Lord, I see it and I will see it come to pass. Awesome. Okay. Number three, immerse yourself in the word of God. Oh my goodness. You've got to know the word. Um, you can hear his voice there. You can hear the Lord there. That is where it's like, Hey, I can't hear from you, Lord. But as soon as you put your nose in the word, you'll hear him. Psalm 34 verse four and five says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces mm, are never covered with shame. Ah, that's good. So look to him, put your face in the word and you will glow. You'll glow with his presence. I wonder if anybody's seen me glowing or just seen me in despair. I'm really, really curious. But if you look at David in 1 Samuel 30, I love that. He sought the Lord. That's what he did. He sought the Lord and he talked to a prophet 
that talk to the Lord. It's just a different time. It's in the Old Testament. And that prophet brought him the word. But today we have the word in a Bible form, in paper, on our phones. We have no excuse for not being in the word because you can play it audibly or you can read it with your eyes, which I love doing both at the same time. Number four, pray continually. Oh my goodness. You know, First Thessalonians says, pray continually, be thankful, rejoice in all things. Oh, how hard is it to rejoice in all things? I don't think that means like, oh God, I rejoice in this sickness. It's not that. That is not what it means. It means, I know you, Lord. I know your word. I know you never lie. I know you will finish what you started. And I can rejoice that you will come through. I think at first I had so much disappointment because of this awesome piece of my life that I was having to miss out on that it was hard for me to rejoice. I just wanted to fix it. I became a little fixer and I realized I had to be a little warrior and stand firm, change my mind, change my attitude, pray continually, be thankful in all things. Oh my goodness. Pray without ceasing. You know, prayer isn't limited to the morning. I don't just have my quiet time, my devo time, and set my tone with God for the day, although I did used to do that. I think that was a stage of my Christian life. I just didn't know what else to do, but my tone would be set, and then something would disrupt it, and my tone would be lost. One thing's for sure, while I've been in sorrow and struggled, I haven't wavered in my faith in God, and I praise God for that. And in Job 1, where he says, you know, Job did not sin in counting God with this wrongdoing. He didn't blame this on God. I have not done that either, and I will not. You will not catch me doing that. I tell the Lord all the time, I'm like, I don't understand this, but I know you so well. I have walked too many miles with you to know any different than your true fingerprints. I know who you are. I know you're for life and life abundantly. And I'm not changing my mind for a season, I thought, you know, because of my tears and my sadness that I was vacillating in my faith, but you know what? I'm not vacillating in my faith. My soul is tired. Sometimes I'm like a little toddler. I'm a little tired and I'm like, I want a nap. I want a break. And, um, that doesn't mean that I'm faithless. I believe God counts me as faithful. And I say that in humility, I've wrestled wrestled with this. So the word of God and praying continually is a way to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Praise God. So number five, thankfulness. I kind of crossed over with this one, but let's go through Philippians four, six, and seven. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you know, don't just pray, begging, crying, be thankful present your request to God and the peace of God, which is better than understanding. It doesn't say that in the Bible. It says transcends all understanding, but it's better than understanding. Then the peace of God will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. The Lord gave me a revelation a long time ago is that we long for understanding, but understanding can be an idol. If you try to understand, the likelihood is you're not going to get God's view. You're going to have some twisted view that ends up twisting God's character or twisting um, how you view God. And it's just going to mess you up for the next trial. You want to keep your mind straight on the Lord. Let Him have the understanding and know you'll have the fullness someday when you meet Him. And right now you may not understand, but 
His peace is better than understanding. I have walked long enough with him to know that. It's good. So in every difficult season, be sure to keep a thankful list. Um, number six, trust in God's promises. Mm. I love John 14, 27, because, you know, Jesus told the disciples, listen, he was prepping them for when he left. And he's basically like, Hey, when I'm gone, when I disappear and it looks like all crap or broke loose, I want you to keep your peace. And he said, peace, I leave with you. My perfect peace. I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. I don't think this is a suggestion. I think it's a command. It's something we need to obey. My friend Susan, who has been such a godsend in this season, She just keeps telling me, you know, just behave, Sherry. Behave as if. Just choose behaving, believing, obeying God. And I think that's what this word says. It says, it may look rocky. It may look like a crisis. But I've given you my peace. And it's not worldly peace. It's not in your circumstance peace. It's not in my finances peace. Do not let your heart be troubled. See, that's not a suggestion, (laughs) nor let it be afraid. Let my peace calm you in every circumstance. So as I close out this podcast today, I want to say I gave you six ways to encourage yourself in the Lord. Dig deep, encourage yourself that John 10, 10 is true. The thief came only to still kill and destroy, but I, that's Jesus, came to bring life and life to the full God's fingerprints are life. You can look to him and be thankful and rejoice through all things. You can trust in his promises. You can pray continually. You can encourage yourself. You can read the word. You can surround yourself with people and you can pray in the spirit. That's the only way to pray continually. Honestly, the other ways don't really work. So in all things, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. And I'm believing that you're going to see a breakthrough. Remember God's fingerprints. He is for you. He is not against you. Never settle for the thief's lies, trickery. Do not believe that whatever stealing from you, killing or destroying you is from God. Always turn your back on that and just behave and praise God because he is the Lord of all. He is the King of Kings. He is for you and not against you, and He has equipped you to stand. Friends, thank you for joining me today on Equip to Stand. I am standing. Part of me just, I cannot believe the things that have gone wrong in my life. It seems like every day. I remember before I was a Christian, it was like Murphy's Law always happened to me, and I'm just like, what in the world? But I'm not under that. I'm under the grace of God and His word and His truth and His promises. And He loves me and He's for me and He's for you. And how can we lose? We can't lose. I love you, God.